What's up, everybody? You are listening to OT Takes, Overtime Takes, whatever you want to call it. So I've I've got some news. So I recorded today's episode on air because I was doing my, my radio show, and you know I've just been pulling the audio from that and putting it putting it out as a podcast. Well, today I didn't start recording until about five minutes in, so you're going to hear me in the middle talking about the Lakers and the Nuggets. Long story short, I'm basically just saying how well AD played in the buzzer beater and, and everything like that. So you should be able to pick up relatively quickly on like my stance on everything. But I've also got an announcement. So the podcast has officially hit 1,000 downloads, which is awesome. So I, real quick, I just want to thank everybody who's been listening to the podcast from the beginning. I want to thank all the guests, especially Zach Gray. You know, he's he was here for a lot of it. So big, big shout out to him. And you know all the different guests that have come on, and you know thank you all for for listening to me for the past you know few months, and I'm looking forward to the future. You know the podcast is growing, which is awesome. So yeah, keep sharing this with people, keep floating my name out there whenever you're talking to people, and it's been awesome. So yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode, and you'll hear from me again here in a sec. So yeah, so here's here's the thing though, uh, there is a, a silver lining here for the Nuggets. Okay. PJ Dozier played well, so he's a guy who can get some, who can probably take a few more minutes here and there to kind of take some of the load off Murray, just to give him a little bit more rest. You know, Murray's been playing like forty-five minutes a game this entire playoff run, which is just absolutely insane. So there's that. The Nuggets didn't shoot very well from three. You know, they only shot thirty-three percent from three, and they only got beat by by two. And I mean. You know they they're very capable of shooting better than that, and I felt like the Lakers, especially their role players, shot really well. You know I know LeBron was like seven for nine at one point with like three of three from three, and you know like when he does that, they're really hard to beat. And the Nuggets are in it the whole time. I just remember looking down at the scoreboard and being like, "How in the world are the Nuggets even in this game?" Right? Because I mean, you know, the Heat, the Heat, <laughs> the Lakers shot extremely well. It felt like from three, they ended up shooting, I think, thirty-six percent, which is right about their kind of their average. So, um, Michael Porter Jr. I thought played well off the bench, which was nice to see. So, yeah, they're down two zero. There's definitely time for them to make some adjustments. You know, if they can come back on Wednesday or t- or t- tomorrow night, Tuesday night, and win, I think that you know they'll. They'll have a shot, but I mean, look, they they have to win tomorrow night because you know LeBron up three zero isn't gonna lose. That's just kind of the way that that is there. But all in all, like the Nuggets, definitely I think still have a shot. They played really well last night. Balden Balden bounced their way a few times, you know. So plus the like I said, like the Lakers. I just don't see them playing much better, right? Like you know, LeBron had like twenty five nine and six and. AD had scored 30 again. So I just don't see them playing much better and they only lost they lost on a on a buzzer beater, right? And AD's reaction was great, you know, yelling Kobe as he's running to running to his boys to celebrate, you know, the the game winner, which is awesome. You know, I think that's something that, you know, we we've really missed with sports. We haven't seen that kind of emotion and man, this is like one of those moments where, you know, you wish there were fans there. Because this game would have been in L.A., crowd would have gone absolutely crazy. So, man, I'm I'm really missing having fans. At the same time, though, it is nice to kind of like hear the guys yell at each other and <laughs> talk trash. So, yeah. So, 
that game was insane. I'm definitely looking forward to Game 3. This is more, I think, of what we're going to get from this series. You know, Game 1 was was an outlier. You know, Nuggets come in tired off the back-to-back seven-game series, having to climb back from being down 3-1. So, we'll see. So, next, we got the Celtics and the Heat. I haven't done anything on air or on the podcast since, I think, Game 1. So, Celtics Heat, or I excuse me, since, since Game 2. So, Celtics Heat, Game 3, obviously, Boston won, which is good because I, I picked them to win the series. <laughs> And Gordon Hayward is definitely going to be the X factor for the series. He played really well in his, you know, since not playing for a whole month. And I'm just saying, like Jonathan, like he only shot two of seven from the field. You know, he didn't he didn't exactly score a whole bunch. True, this is very true. But they put Gordon Hayward for a little bit in the middle of Miami zone, and he was a problem there. Like. Made good decisions when passing the ball. You know he's a good shooter, so he can always turn around and hit that you know fifteen to eighteen foot jump shot. He can finish around the rim. Like, he played really well. I think they're going to continue to put him there in the middle of the zone because he's he's a great zone buster because he's still you know six 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 seven, so he's able to see over and, and and make and he's a great passer and he makes good decisions with with the basketball. I think it's great. But here's the thing though, like game three. You know, Miami's up by, excuse me, Boston's up by 20, it feels like, for the for the whole game. Like, they're easily in control. And then you look down, and there's like a minute left. Miami's only down by like six, right? And so just the way that they play and the way that they constantly come at you, they're just scary because of that, right? And just how hard they play, especially defensively. They, they, they get after you defensively. You know, Bam has really impressed me. You know, that's why he's, you know, second team, all, all, all defense, Jimmy Butler can turn it on, like he says, you know, when, when they need scoring. You know, he can score. Gordon Dragic, this whole playoffs, is actually the leading scorer for Miami. So he's averaging more more points a game than Jimmy Butler, which is a really crazy thought. So, yeah, it's it's been a great series. And I'm, I'm still going to stick with my, my Celtics pick. I had him in six. Part of me like wouldn't be surprised if they won four in a row, especially with Hayward back, because Hayward looks really good, and I'm really excited for the rest of the series, and I think it's going to be great. So with that, but before I get into yesterday, I'm going to talk about the Monday Night Football game tonight. Las Vegas Raiders, home opener, brand new stadium. I think it's going to be great. They're playing the Saints, though, so I do think the Saints are going to win. But I was thinking, you know, back to back to last week on on su- Sunday Night Football when the when the Rams played the Cowboys, right? And I just I, I wish I had the number of how many times the announcers for that game brought up the fact that the Los Angeles Rams Stadium cost five billion dollars. Now I'm gonna go out on a limb here and assume that that the Las Vegas Raiders stadium costs somewhere about around like the same amount. I'm actually going to search it up here real quick, but yeah. So I'm going to set the over under at like, Ooh, wait, what's a good number for this? Let's go a uh, 12 and a half. So if you're, if you're on Twitter and you want to, you can tweet at me, tweet at me how many times you think, the announcers will say how much it costs for the Las Vegas Raiders to, to build their stadium. 
because you like you know it's coming. You know, like they're they're gonna, <laughs> but like this stadium costs five and a half billion dollars, which is just insane. Like, I could, I, that's just it's crazy. I'm I'm excited though to, to to see the stadium. I think it's gonna look really good, and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm excited. You know, and here's the thing though, like the Raiders didn't even look all that bad last week. You know, they they won a close game, and so maybe you know they they give. The Saints a run for their money. I don't think they do. I like the Saints pretty big on in this one. So we'll kind of see how, how how all that goes. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be good. And you know, it's it's really kind of a it's this game's kind of a, a big deal though, right? Because John Gruden's trying to figure out whether or not he likes Derek Carr. I don't know what's so hard for them to to, to figure out about it. And it's just, like, D- Derek Carr's a really good quarterback, right? So, I don't think that there's many guys, well, there there definitely are guys in the league who are better than him, but there's definitely a lot of guys in the league who are way worse than him, right? Like, Derek Carr is definitely a quarterback that, that you can win with. You know, like, obviously, you know, he's not a part of the elite tier with guys like, you know, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Like, obviously, like, he's not in that tier. I think he's more of... Tier three, you know, so tier one, four guys, Mahomes, Wilson, Jackson, Rodgers. Those four guys, I think everybody would agree, those are probably the four best quarterbacks in the league. At the top of tier two, I'd probably go to Sean Watson, and then guys like Carson Wentz, um, maybe Josh Allen, if he keeps playing like the way that he's been playing. We're going to talk more about him later on in the show. Kyler, Kyler Murray, maybe. If he keeps playing the way he's been playing. And then there's more guys than that in my tier two. I'm blanking. That's okay, though. And so on and so forth. So I think he's like tier three with guys like Jimmy G and and other guys kind of like that. So yeah, I, I like Derek Carr. I think that the Raiders should stick with him. He's he's a really good quarterback. Like, I just don't know really what else you're looking for if you're John Gruden. Maybe he wants him to push it down the field more, which is definitely fair. But at the same time, I mean, he doesn't really throw a bunch of picks, which is nice. Like, like yeah, obviously, like, you want your quarterback to to push the ball down downfield if they can. Like, the last thing you want is for them to kind of force it, right? So, the Saints tonight are a five-point favorite. The over-under is set at 48-and-a-half. So, I'm – ooh, wait. This is actually kind of tough. I think – I'm I'm gonna take the the Saints here to win by let's go seven Saints by a touchdown tonight. So if you're yeah Saints by a touchdown, I I take the under though uh, under forty eight and a half. You know because the Saints offense didn't really look super impressive last week. Uh, the the Raiders defense didn't look bad last week. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that chess match kind of works out between Gruden and and uh, Sean Payton. But, but yeah, it's been. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm so glad that that football's back. So we're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back here live on KSWH LP 102.5 FM, The Pulse here in Arkadelphia. We're on to football now. I've just kind of accepted that this is like a football show during football season. So this is 
definitely more up my alley than basketball right now. That's what I've been paying attention to. This is what I've been watching. So, yeah, let's get into it. I'm excited. So, obviously, the lead NFL story is hands down, 100%, the Dallas Cowboys' insane comeback against the Falcons. If you missed it, you don't have to watch the whole game. Just go watch, like, the last eight minutes. Mike McCarthy. Here, look. Before I get to that, the only normal thing in 2020 is the fact that the Atlanta Falcons can't hold a lead. (laughs) That's the only normal thing that's happened all 2020. Atlanta still can't hold a lead. But Mike McCarthy is already showing his worth. If Jason Garrett's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys and this happens, no way. There's You can't tell me that there's there's no version of this game with Jason Garrett as the head coach where they come back and win. No shot. Okay, Mike McCarthy, great. I'm not going to say great head coach. Great upgrade from Jason Garrett. That's the <laughs> right, so... You know, the the onside kick thing was genius. Like, that's that's the smartest thing I think I've seen since, since they've changed the rule where, where you can't run forward. Just kick it slow. And, I mean, if you're the Falcons, like, you got to jump on that ball, right? I mean, I think that's, it's easy to say, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But at the same time, you, know, you don't want to touch it before it comes 10 yards because then obviously, you know, the Cowboys, they can touch it, right? So it was just weird. It was genius. I don't think the... Falcons special team unit really knew what to do. They wanted to, they didn't maybe they they thought it wasn't going to go the full 10, but the, the slow kick I thought was absolutely genius. So Mike McCarthy is already showing his worth. It's it's good it's good to see, right? Cuz you know, the NFL's better when when the Cowboys are good. So hopefully actually no, I've got some bets going where I think the Cowboys will go 8 and 8. So hopefully you know this stops. <laughs> But, you know, Dan Quinn, head coach of the Falcons, is definitely on the hot seat. And we're going to play a little game later where we'll bet on who the uh, the first coach fired is. So stick around for that. It's going to be later on towards the end of the show. But, yeah, un- unreal comeback by the Cowboys. And, you know, I had a, a good buddy of mine, Ryan Ratliff, he-, he tweeted at me this morning. He asked me if, you know, if-, if I still thought that Carson Wentz was better than Dak. And the answer is yes, I do. And, look, you know, Carson Wentz is looking bad right now because his offensive line can't block for him. You know, week one he gets sacked eight times. This week he didn't get sacked at all, but, you know, Aaron Donald was in his face all game, ended up throwing two picks. Like, it's really hard to judge a quarterback, you know, if their offensive line can't block for him. So, I mean, that's why it was so hard, you know, to judge Kyler last year because the offensive line was just terrible, right? I mean, he still looks good, but then again, you know, he's also more more mobile than, than a guy like Carson Wentz. And that's the thing, thing with, with Russell Wilson that's so amazing is his offensive line doesn't have to be great. He's so mobile that he can he can move around and get out of the pocket and still look great, which most quarterbacks can't do that, right? Like I firmly believe that you know, you put Dak Prescott behind this Eagles offensive line, Dak Prescott looks bad just because of how bad you know the offensive line play has been for the Eagles. So speaking of quarterbacks, Justin Herbert got the start yesterday for the Los Angeles Chargers. Which still feels really weird calling them the Los Angeles Chargers. Like they're still they're, they're still in San Diego in my mind, but listen to this stat line. So he's 22 of 33, 311 yards, one, um one touchdown, one pick, sacked twice with a QBR of 75 and a half. So he played really well, especially in his opener. I was really impressed. He threw a couple really good balls. 
He had a rushing touchdown as well. He's athletic. You know, I think that's the one thing that we forget about him, right? Like, when we look at him, we see, you know, 6'6", you know, 240 with an absolute rocket of an arm, which he has. He can throw the football. Like, he's definitely, you know, arm talent-wise, definitely ready for the NFL. You know, it's just the question of, like, how well does he know the offense and things like that, which, I mean, he seemed to command the offense fine yesterday. I I thought he did a pretty good job of that. And, you know, I mean, he went... I'm not gonna say he went. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. He he went to, he went toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, you know Patrick Mahomes is much better than than uh, than Justin Herbert is. But I was very impressed with Justin Herbert. I don't think he really could have played much better. You know the the interception was kind of tough. He definitely could have scrambled for for the first if he just t- tucked it and ran. But at the same time, you know he uh, I, I thought he looked I thought he looked good. I don't think you could really ask for much more from him. You know, he, like I said, you know, he, he looked good. I, you know, their head coach did a great job of the game plan was good. You know, they established Austin Eckler early, gave him some nice, easy throws to make. Keenan Allen's really good. You know, Keenan Allen had a great day yesterday. I was really impressed with him. And, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been good. He was, he looked really good yesterday. The Chargers have definitely found, I think their guy, it looks like. You know, obviously, it's only one week. We need to see him play more. You know, by about game eight or nine, we should really kind of know then, you know, how, how he's how he's going to be. And, yeah, I was I was really impressed with him. You know, I don't, I don't think that you could really ask for much more than what, than what they got. So, I've, it's been good. You know, I've, I've been, like I said, I've been extremely impressed with them. So, yeah, with that, we're going to. It's been good. So there's a lot of quarterbacks who have looked really good just kind of throughout the year. And it's just it's been so much fun to watch, right? Like I don't really <clears throat> excuse me. I don't really know you know what what else to really kind of say about it. But there's several quarterbacks who've looked really good kind of through the first two weeks. Obviously, you know, you got your guys like Lamar Jackson's looked really good, Patrick Mahomes has looked really good. But you know those guys are supposed to look really good, and but there's some other guys who have really kind of popped these kind of first couple weeks, and we're, I'm going to talk more about them kind of after the break. But man, like it's the 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 amount of good good quarterbacks in, in the NBA NBA. Oh my gosh, Jonathan, in the NFL right now, it's really impressive. You know, I just I don't I just don't remember a time where. Where we've had this many good good quarterbacks in the NFL at once, you know, it's just it's crazy. It's it's been good though. Like this is a good time for the NFL, right? Like the more talent in the NFL, the better, right? Because you know t- teams are on more of a level playing field, and it's been good. I'm really I'm looking forward to the future, right? Because there's just so many good and like all these quarterbacks are young too, right? Like all these guys that I'm going to talk about here in a minute. They're all, like, in their early 20s, you know, like, fresh out of college kind of guys, except for one. And, like, just knowing, like, looking towards the future, like, the league is in great hands with with the amount of good quarterbacks. Plus, we got Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields coming in into the NFL this next year. Spencer Rattler out of Oklahoma is going to be great, I think, in the NFL. So, that's three studs coming out of college over these next few years. Plus, I'm sure there's some guy that I haven't heard of yet that's going to be really good as well. So, this the the amount of quarterback play in the NFL is so deep. It's great. I'm just I'm so excited 
for the future of the NFL. You know, just knowing that you know when Drew Brees and these guys retire, that the, the league's in good hands. So we're going to talk about these four quarterbacks when we come back here on KSWH LP 102.5 FM, The Pulse. What's up, guys? We're back here on KSWH LP 102.5 FM, The Pulse here in Arkadelphia. This is Overtime Takes, and now it is time to talk about these great four quarterbacks who just through the first two weeks have looked just on another level from you know their previous year or years. So the first guy is Russell Wilson, and they are letting Russ cook, and it is awesome. Okay, I love the fact that they're let, they're really kind of opening up the offense. With that being said, he only threw the ball 28 times last night, and that's not enough. <laughs> like, like if you have Russell Wilson, you should throw the ball 35 times a game. Like he's like Joe Burrow threw the ball 61 times on Thursday Night Football. Okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw the ball 47 times on Sunday. Okay, Russell Wilson has got to throw the uh, the ball more. I mean, he's, you know, hands down, I don't think it's really close, and it's okay if you disagree. If you disagree with me, then you're wrong. <laughs> he's hands down the, the second-best quarterback in the league behind Mahomes, and he's probably going to win MVP this year. It's going to be him or him or Aaron Rodgers, and he's just he's been really good this year. You know, I'm so glad they know that Pete Carroll's finally opening up the offense for him. Letting him throw it because he looked he looked really really good good last night through five five touchdown passes right like he's just he's so good and he's just incredible with the way he moves around as well and when he runs he just doesn't get hit it's really incredible to see the way you know that he kind of avoids defenders and avoids taking you know the, the big shot right so five touchdowns he he did throw a, a pick last night wasn't his fault hit his receiver right in the hands and it bounced off right to a defender. But you know, he's one of the best deep ball throwers I've ever seen. Like he, he threw a couple last night, the one to Metcalf and then the other one to I think Moore was the name of the receiver. Where he put it right like right on the pylon. Like just first of all, what a catch. Like that catch was absolutely insane. I was so impressed just by the kind of that whole that whole sequence. And man, just what what a game! You know the Patriots look really good somehow. Like Cam Newton's looked, Cam Newton's looked really good. You know they they threw it forty four times last night. So Cam Newton was thirty for forty four, three hundred ninety seven yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Part of that is because you know the the Seahawks secondary is really bad. You know, like the the Falcons. You know Matt Ryan threw for like four hundred and fifty yards against that secondary last week. So. But yeah, like I'm, I've been really impressed with Cam Newton. He's looked really good, kind of these first two weeks, and I, obviously, you know, like Russell Wilson's been absolutely insane. So that's why he made this list. The next quarterback that is just really popping off for me, Josh Allen, looks like an MVP candidate. Now, obviously, like I think he's going to come down a little bit, but he, here's his line against the Dolphins: he was 24, 24 35 for four hundred seventeen yards, four touchdowns, no picks. QBR rating of 93, which is really high. Like, he's he's a really good football player. Or it looks like he's kind of developing into that really good football player. So, for the season, his completion percentage is, is 70%, which is really good. 729 yards, six touchdowns, no picks. 
And that's kind of always been my concern with Josh Allen. Like, he loves to push the ball down the field. Like, he was complaining at the end, not complaining, but he was just kind of talking about how he wants to push the ball down the field more. But, you know, he, he threw the ball to his check down the least amount of anybody in the NFL last year. And he's talking about wanting to push it down the field even more, right? So, dude is definitely a gunslinger. And the thing with, with gunslingers is, like, you know, they're probably going to throw some picks. And he hadn't thrown one yet this year. I mean, obviously, you know, he, he'll, you know, he, they're going to play New England. He'll probably throw a couple then just because Belichick loves to play his young quarterbacks and he always eats them up. So, but he's looked really good. He's really impressed me. And like he's he's really kind of coming into his own. He's still super athletic. You know, the play where he stiff arms Kyle Van Noy into the ground is just absolutely insane. You know, he's running the ball like he's a fullback, right? And he's slinging the ball all over the field. And he's so athletic, and he's got such a big arm. You know, it's, it's nice to kind of see him develop into more into an even better quarterback than what he was last year, right? So I think this is definitely something that we can we're gonna keep seeing. I don't think it'll quite be on. You know, the 400 yards, four touchdowns, no picks kind of level. But this is definitely something that we can kind of expect to see more from him because I think he looks really good. He looks more accurate. He looks more mobile. He's really mobile in the pocket. He looks good. So expect more of this from Josh Allen. I'm I'm definitely in on this. So if you've been listening to, to my show for a while via podcast, and if you want to, you can check that out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. <laughs> Kyle, I've I've talked about how, you know, every year there's kind of been this trend where second year quarterbacks pop, right? Patrick Mahomes second year he pops. Lamar Jackson second year he popped. Carson Wentz, you know, second year he almost won the MVP if he hadn't gotten hurt he popped, right? So we we kind of had this thing going, and you know I was dead set on it being Drew Locke this year, but he actually got hurt yesterday against the Steelers. He he didn't finish the game. I don't know what his status is for this next week, but. It looks like, you know, that second-year pop guy is going to be Kyler Murray. Like, he's he's insane. Like, he's so good. It's it's his you – know, it looks like he's going to be, you know, the, the second-year quarterback that really pops. And he's just so athletic, right? He's he's tiny. Like, it's really weird. It's like watching a baby <laughs> run around the field. He's so small compared to these guys. But he's really shifty. He's kind of like Russell Wilson in the fact that he just doesn't get hit. You know, it's really fun to watch because he's just – the way he avoids, the way he avoids contact, right? Whether you know he's sliding early or you know, he's really shifty, you know, and he makes that quick cut, and you know if he does get hit, it's never a direct blow that really kind of pops him, right? So you know, his 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 completion percentage for the year is right at sixty seven percent, which is about where you know you want your quarterbacks to be. Thrown for five hundred and sixteen yards, two touchdowns, and two picks, which doesn't sound amazing, like especially you know when you look at. You know, um, Josh Allen and Russell Wilson, who are both thrown, you know, Josh Allen's already thrown for 700 yards, and, you know, Russell Wilson's already thrown nine nine touchdowns on the year, right? And it's just kind of like, yeah, like, like, like those numbers are good. They're not great. But he's also ran the ball 21 times for 158 yards, which is 7.5 yards per carry, and three touchdowns, right? So his ability to ex- extend plays with his feet and everything has really made, it's made him really, really good. You know, there's... A guy who works with the ringer who actually picked Kyler Murray to win the MVP this year, and you know they're they're two and zero right now. They look really good. So they man that that whole division is just loaded with with quarterbacks. You know Jimmy G looks good. Well, obviously he looked good yesterday because because they played the Jets. Jared Goff looks good. You know he was twenty for twenty seven yesterday with like three touchdowns. So he's looking good. Let me think. So Ky- Ky- Kyler looks good. 
And then, you know, obviously, you know, we just talked about Russell Wilson uh, a couple minutes ago. So that that division's loaded with really good quarterbacks and really good coaches. And, yeah. So last guy on my list before we take another short break, Gardner Minshew has looked great. Like, Mustache Mania is still going, right? Mustache Mania is here. So the first two weeks, you know, his completion percentage is right at 75%, which is really good. Throw for 512 yards, six touchdowns, only two picks. So he's looked good. You know, he tore up, you know, the Colts defense in week one, you know, when they won that game. And then he looked really good against the Titans as well. You know, he's, look, obviously I still think the Jags are going to be pretty bad this year. They're probably still going to have the number one overall pick. It's going to be them, the Giants, or the Jets. It's going to be one of those three teams. So they're probably going to end up with Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. And Gardner Minshew's really, he's hes not playing for a contract with the Jacks. He's playing for a contract with somebody else, right? So obviously, you know, Gardner Minshew is not Russell Wilson or any, any of those kind of guys. But he's proving that he's good enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL if, if he keeps playing like this. You know, right now I definitely consider him more of like a high-end backup, right? Just because, not, not a knock on him, that's just how good, you know, the quarterbacks in this league are, right? So he's definitely, pro- he's on the verge of proving that he can be, you know, an every week kind of quarterback. He's got a good arm, he's accurate, he's mobile enough, right? So, man, mu- Mustache Mania is here, it's still going. You know, it, he makes me want to watch the Jacks, which is really weird, because I never want to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars play, right? Like, e- even the year, you know, that, you know, they had the, the surprise year where they, you know, went to the, the AFC Championship with that great defense. I was like, eh, it's the Jags. It's it's Blake Bortles. But no, like, with with, with Minshew, you know, I want to watch just about every game they play. So we're going to take another short break, and then we're going to come back with some which coach gets fired first. It's going to be great. So m- make sure you, you stick around for that. This has been Overtime Takes on KSWH LP 102.5 FM, The Pulse. And we're back with more overtime takes on KSWH LP 102.5 FM, The Pulse. Now it's time for a very fun game called First Coach Fired. We got three coaches already on the hot seat, even if they're not being advertised. Like, they're 100% on the hot seat. These three coaches I don't think make it through the season, especially these first two. The third one might. I don't know. We'll see. So the first guy up, Adam Gase of the New York Jets. So they're really bad. They got to beat 37-13 to 13 this last Sunday by the 49ers. I know what you're thinking. The 49ers, they won the NFC last year, right? Like, they're they're good. S- injuries everywhere, right? Like, Nick um, Bosa got hurt this last week. Kittle's out. Richard Sherman is out. Debo Samuel's out. They're just so depleted everywhere, right, that... This should have at least been a game. Like I'm totally expecting, you know, for for the 49ers to win. But at the same time, when you look at all the injuries, it should not have been 37 to 13. Like it should, like it shouldn't have been a 24 point blowout like that, right? So I just I don't see him making it. I I mean he's he's gonna be done here soon, right? So Joe Douglas, the the Jets GM, didn't hire Adam Gase. Right, so there's there's a good enough reason right there for him to fire him because you know GMs they they want their own guys right like they don't like I don't think he really likes Adam Gase people don't like Adam Gase like like Jamal Adams wanted out he's like they don't care about winning and I think that really kind of 
reflects on Gase a little bit, right? Because he is the coach. Like, he's the guy that Jamal Adams is, is interacting with the most. And, you know, he just – Adam Gase just kind of looks like a like a jerk. You know, like he, he looks like he just doesn't really care about his players. And just you can see that in the way he coaches and everything. You know, being a, being a Dolphins fan, I remember when we hired Adam Gase and we were really bad. I mean, it just felt like he was – you know, people say you know he's some great offensive mind, but at the same time, like he's not you know Sean McVay, he's not Kyle Shanahan, he's not Sean Payton. You know, he's not on the level of those guys. So, like, is he just a guy who likes offense, or is he great offensive mind? Right. So, I just I don't. So, I was talking with Colt when I was filling this out because we were we were watching we were watching football and basketball and, and everything else together last night, and so we decided to set over and unders at this right. So. I think a big part when we look at, you know, whether or not these guys get fired or not is their upcoming schedule, right? So I looked five or six weeks in advance to kind of see who they had coming up to play. So here is the Jets' upcoming schedule. So they play the Colts, who's and the Colts are probably going to win their division. So that, that's a loss. They play the Broncos on a short week. I still like the Broncos. I know they're 0-2. Drew Locke got hurt this last week. Played the Steelers close despite that. I think that just goes to show how good the personnel around Drew Locke is. So they're not beating the Broncos, so they're going to start 0-4. And then they're playing the Cardinals, who've looked really good. Especially Kyler Murray's looked great. So that's that's 0-5. And then they're playing the Chargers. And, you know, if Justin Herbert keeps playing well, you know, he's he's going to have you know another three games uh, underneath his belt before then. So I don't think they beat the Chargers either. So they're, they're 0-5. And then they're playing the Bills, who are going to win the, the AFC East. That's another loss. And then they're playing the Chiefs. That's another loss. So they're going to start like 0-6, 0-7, somewhere around there. I don't think he makes it to the Chiefs game. You know, So we, we, set, we set the over-under at two and a half weeks. Let me know what you th- – or if you want to, let me know what you think. Do you think you know he, he finishes the year? Do you think he do – are you going to take the over and say, no, I, I think he gets fired more like four weeks. I'm going to take the under. I don't, I don't think he gets past the Broncos, honestly. So, he's the first guy on our list. Next guy, Matt Patricia of the Detroit Lions, right? So they've just been bad since he's gotten there. You know, it's just third year there. And, you know, Matt Stafford's been hurt. That's kind of, I think that's kind of why he's still there. I think that's kind of their excuses. His excuse, like, you know, my, my starting quarterback's been hurt. Well, the Lions have blown four straight double-digit leads. And that's that's coaching, like that's what that is, right? You know, and you know Matt, Matt Patricia's he's got this reputation as a defensive head coach, and you know when you blow leads, it's usually because your defense can't get stops, right? So, hey, how how am I supposed to invest in this defensive minded coach when you know he keeps blowing leads? You know, like defense is, is supposed to be like what you're good at, you know, like and you've got a good quarterback in Matt Stafford, and and you know they they've got some weapons on the offensive side of the ball and. Like you should be able to like to to close out games, right? Like you should be able to do that, right? So they've blown four straight double digit leads. He's got a good quarterback. Unlike you know the Jets are still developing Sam Darnold, and the offensive line's bad. And then so I mean like like you've got a good quarterback. Like you should be able to win. You should be able to win games and close them out. So their upcoming schedule: they're playing the Cardinals, who I don't think they'll beat. And then they're playing the Saints, who they're not going to beat. They'll probably beat the Jaguars, so that's one win. And then they're playing the Falcons. I think the Falcons outscore them because, I mean, neither team's defense is very good, and I definitely like the Falcons' offense more. So 
so I'm, I'm going to bet on the Falcons there. And, and then they're playing the Colts, who they're not going to beat. And they're playing the Vikings, who look pretty bad. So at most, they start like 2-4, and four, somewhere in there, 2-5, two and, two and five, somewhere in there. Right? So Colt and I set the over-under on, on Matt Patricia for 4.5. I'm going to take the over. I think he sticks around just, just because it is his third year. I think he's a guy who gets fired towards the end of the season, maybe even after, just because he hasn't been there very long. And you know, I think that they want it to work with, with Matt Patricia, but this is another Belichick prodigy that that will fail, it looks like. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Matt Patricia, the, the over there, o- over four and a half games before he gets fired. So the last, last coach we have here on our list, Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons. And after this week, I just don't know how, I don't know how he he st- he sticks around after this year. You know that they they go up like twenty to zero in the first half. You know they're up big the whole game, and then they just completely collapse again. You know, like ever since the Super Bowl, they've just been bad, right? It's, they they've just got like this curse on them, and they they just can't seem to to get over it. It seems like so, it, which really sucks because like I like Dan Quinn, and. He's supposed to be, you know, a defensive coach, but the defense hasn't been good since the Super Bowl. You know, obviously, you know, their offense is great, but that's because you got Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and like all those guys, right? And he's just got so much talent on the offensive side of the ball that if he, could, if their defense could just be average, like they'd be really good, right? But their defense has been terrible, right? So, and he was, he was going to get fired. Like he, he's done after this year. Like there's no way that that he, he sticks around, right? He was like they were going to fire him this last year. But the players came together and basically told, you know, their owner and GM, like, no, like, like get, please just give him, like, one more year. Like, like we love him. Like, he's awesome, which which is great. Like, like the locker room is into him. Like, he's definitely, he'll definitely find another job, I think, just because of that. I, I feel like as a GM, I'm like, okay, you know, this guy, you know, he, he knows offense well enough, you know, that, like, like they're going to score and everything. If I just give him players defensively, then, you know, the defense should be fine. And players love him. Like that's so important in the NFL is like getting your players to buy in, and these Falcon players have definitely bought in, right? Which is which is huge, right? So their upcoming schedule is definitely the most favorable, I think, of the three coaches that that are def- that are on the hot seat right now. So they're playing the Bears, who who, they, who I think they'll beat. You know, Mitch Mitch Trubisky is not not great. You know, the Bears are two and zero right now somehow, and. But I, I don't think that I, I I do think that the Falcons beat them, and then they got the Packers. They, they're not beating the Packers. The Packers look so good. Aaron Rodgers is on a war path. Aaron Rodgers for MVP. And then you got you know the Panthers, who the Falcons will beat, just because the Panthers, especially defensively, you know they're really young. They're definitely a rebuilding team, so they'll beat the Panthers. And then they they got the Vikings, who they'll beat. And then the Lions, who I think they'll beat. And then the Panthers again. So just because of that, like they'll they'll win these games, but you know they still have two games against Tampa Bay, which they'll lose both. They got two games against the Saints, they'll lose both. So they'll probably come out somewhere between you know six and ten and eight and eight, and then I I, I think they they kick him. So we set the over under for Dan Quinn to be fired at nine and a half games. I'm gonna take the over. I think he gets fired at the end of the season, and Atlanta goes and tries to, and tries to get some hot shot quarterback quarterback. Some hot shot college coach like Lincoln Riley, who is still coaching at Oklahoma. 
which part of me is like, why would you leave Oklahoma, right? Like, you've built this powerhouse where you have great quarterbacks come in year after year, and, you know, you win the Big 12 every year because the Big 12 is bad, right? Like, like Texas is not very good, and Texas Tech isn't very good, and there's just a lot of teams, you know, like, I mean, like, he's going to win the Big 12 every year and play in, in the college football playoff and then get beat by a team like Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State or Clemson, who actually plays defense, right? But at the same time, it's it's like, man, he would get a huge paycheck, huge paycheck, if he went to the NFL, right? Especially since, you know, these, these GMs know, like, like he doesn't want to leave Oklahoma, right? Which part of me gets, part of me doesn't get, you know? I mean, you know, like, when you're coaching in college, like, it's a year-round thing. You know, you got to worry about recruiting, and you're going on visits, and, like, you're not home with your family, which I don't know if, if Lincoln Riley has a family or not. But, I'm like, if he, if he does, then I definitely think that, you know, the NFL would be the way to go for him. And, you know, you get to deal with the best of the best. It's like, who doesn't want to do that, right? Like, you don't have to deal with – I guess you do. I guess you do to a certain degree. I was going to say you don't have to deal with immature 22-year-olds. You know, you just get to deal with immature 30-year-olds who have – have a lot of money, which I guess in some ways is a lot worse. But I think he'd be a great, great NFL coach. And I'm really kind of expecting for the Jets, Lions, and Falcons to definitely make a push for him. I would love to see him in Atlanta with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and just the weapons that he would have offensively. I think I think it'd be so much fun just to kind of watch them go at it. And at the same time, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, I mean he's in his thirteenth year. He still looks good. They could move on from him and you know, maybe draft, you know, quarterback in this draft who they want or maybe hold on to him for another couple of years and then go get, you know, Spencer Rattler out of Oklahoma if they wanted. So, you know, I'd love to see him coach for the Falcons. I don't think he leaves Oklahoma. I think he wants to win a national championship before he leaves, but he's got to learn, you know, how to coach defense if that's going to happen. So, yeah, so when we come back, we're going to close it out with a little baseball, you know, the wild card starting this week. So, yeah, we'll be right back with more after this. This has been Overtime Takes. What's up, KSWH listeners? We're back with more Overtime Takes. You're on KSWH LP 102.5 FM, The Pulse, here in Arkadelphia. So we're done with football. We're done with basketball. You know, for these last 10 minutes or so, we're going to focus solely on America's pastime, Major League Baseball. So the wild card starts in about eight days, and... Oh, I'm so excited. Like I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, this year's, you know, only playing 60 games. It's been a wild one. Right? So, as per last night when I was making this, I was looking up the the playoff standings and they they may be a little different now, but so in the AL, the Rays would have the number 1 seed, which is just crazy to think that the Yankees are not winning the AL East right now. It's the Rays and it looks like the Rays are going to hold on to it with, only, with there only being a handful of games left. Which is just insane. Like this is something that maybe two people in the world predicted would happen. <laughs> so the Rays have the one seed. The White Sox have the two seed, which, you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, Zach Gray and I did a whole show just kind of predicting how like this year would go, right? And and you know we both kind of expected for the White Sox to be good. I don't think neither one of us had them had them being this good though, right? Like it looks like they're going to win the AL Central. That race is still tight between them, the Indians, and the Twins, right? Like we were both on 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 the Twins. Like that's 
that's that's no surprise right there at all how good they are. So, I it looks like they're going to win their division though. Like they look really good. And so the number 3 seed is the Oakland A's, which Matt Chapman got hurt. We knew they'd be good. I didn't think they'd win the division, but the Astros have been not as good as we thought. They've had several several injuries throughout the year, especially, you know, with, with Justin Verlander going down so early, you know, like you knew that it'd be hard for them to kind of come back and win their division. And so George Springer was out for a chunk of the year as well. So just kind of with injuries, you know, that's kind of why, you know, the Astros are struggled nuts. And, and the A's have also been good. You know, they got off to a really hot start. But they they look good. Um, I'm I'm kind I'm interested to see how they do in the playoffs. I don't know how great they're going to be. You know, they're they're matching up with with the Astros in the first round actually. So obviously this is definitely, you know, su- subject to change a little bit, but if the playoffs started today, they would match up with the Astros in the first round and I'd probably take the Astros to beat them, but it's okay, you know. So the four seed, you know, this is where we get into our at-large bids, so to speak. So if you don't know how the the, the MLB is doing it this year, they're taking eight teams from from each league, and so so there's there's three there's three divisions in each league. They're taking the the number one and number two teams out of each league, and then the the teams with the next two best records, right? So so the Yankees are the second best. So the Yankees are in second place in the AL East. And they have the best record out of every team that's in that's in second place, right? So, so the Yankees are the four seed, and they're playing the Twins, who it seems like they play every postseason now. So two teams that you know are going to hit a lot of home runs. That series is going to be so much fun to watch, just because there's so many good hitters. Obviously, hopefully, like this holds, because I want to see the Twins play the Yankees, because I just want to see you know 400 foot shot after 400 foot shot. I think it'd be great for for baseball in general, just for for people to see like that kind of style of play. Like it's so exciting. It'll watch to watch teams like this play just because of how many home runs, the how many homers, how many home runs they're going to hit. Right, so six seed Astros already talked about them a little bit. They would play the A's in the first round. Next, we got the Indians playing the White Sox. So the Indians, they're they're good. You know, I mean, they're always good. Right, so they would be, you know, one of the one of the two three seeds that get in, and then the eight seed Blue Jays would be awesome. Right, like, like I just I really want for people to see the Blue Jays play. They've got so many young, dynamic guys that are that look like they're they're going to be stars. You got Kevon Biggio, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette. You know those, those three guys alone. They all three of those guys can play. Uh, they just call up a pitcher whose name I'm blanking on, who just throws absolute gas. Right, like they are a perfect example of the talent that's coming up, and they're they're going to be really good here in a couple of years. I think it'd be great for them to get some some playoff experience, so on and so forth. So the AL looks really interesting. The The quality of the eight teams looks so much better than, than the NL. But I'm I'm so excited for this. I'm ready kind of for, for the baseball season to start. I think it's going to be really good. So in the NL, you know, we've got the number one-seeded Dodgers, which isn't much of a surprise. I think everybody knew they'd be good. Mookie Betts has been good. Bellinger's been good. Obviously, you know, their pitching staff is great. The bullpen's been solid as well. So, no surprise there. Dodgers are the number one seed. Number two seed, Chicago Cubs. Your boy called it. I had them winning the NL Central. I knew they'd be good this year. I was right. Didn't miss that one. But it doesn't matter because I'm, I missed the Clippers take. And that's that's all that, that people are gonna, really going to focus on, which is okay. Next, the Braves are the three seed. Looks like they're going to win the NL East. You know, that that race is really kind of tightened up with the Phillies. The Phillies have been hot here here recently. 
Like I would not want to play the Phillies right now because they just they look really good. Four seed Padres, the the Slam Diego Padres, right? You know they look good. Tatis is probably going to win the NL MVP. It looks like him or, or Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman's been really good as well. So yeah, the Padres look they're they're just fun. You know Tatis is good. You know they got Eric Hosmer at first base. They got you know they traded for for Clevenger. You know he's looked pretty good. So. Padres are definitely going to be a fun team to watch. I don't know. They they definitely aren't my pick. They're they're not my pick to win the NL. I'm, I'm going to take the Dodgers. But here's a shocker. At the five seed, we've got the Marlins, which is just bizarre for me. Like, I just can't fathom that the Marlins are going to make the playoffs this year. I, just, I, I can't believe it. That's how bad the National League is that the Marlins are the five seed. So next you got, you know, the Cardinals who have – you know, they're probably hovering around 500. I probably should have checked records before I got on here. That's okay. Probably hovering around 500. You know, they're the Cardinals. They're going to do what the Cardinals do. You know, they just always kind of find a way to, to sneak in, especially over these past few years. Just guys like Molina and Wayne Wright have gotten older. You know, they've kind of taken a step back, you know, from those teams of like, you know, 2009, 2010, and when they were really kind of competing for the World Series. But, you know, they're definitely, you know, a team with a bunch of savvy vets who could definitely make some noise in the playoffs. Especially against the Braves, who are who are a younger team, so we'll, we'll kind of see how that series goes. I, I think it'll be good. Um, yeah, so Cardinals are your number six seed. Number seven seed, you got the Phillies, and this is I wouldn't want to see them right now, just especially since like with, with how much star power they have, right? Like McCutcheon, Harper, Reese Hoskins look looks good. J.C. Romuto looks good. Aaron Nola looks good. So on and so forth, right? So you know the Phillies look good. Um, not excited for my Cubs to play them in the first round. But then again, obviously all this is still subject to change. We've still got a few games left in the season before the wild card starts. And then your number eight seeded Reds, you know, that team, they got guys who can pitch, right? You know, their bullpen's atrocious. But, man, their starting rotation is so good. You know, they could they could win a series just off of their, their starting rotation having having a great series, right? Like Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer. Luis Castillo, you know, so on and so forth. You know, that's three guys right there who are absolute studs, you know. So the matchups are, I think, more intriguing. And actually, I don't know. I don't know if they're more intriguing or not. But there's definitely more star power, I think, or more big names in the NL than there is in the AL. So it's going to be a good postseason. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm I'm sticking with my my Dodgers pick to win the World Series this year. They just, I think they're hands down the best team. They just, they've looked so much better than the Yankees have this year. But then again, you know, the Yankees have had a bunch of injuries. I think, you know, Aaron Judge should be back soon. Luke Voigt has had a great year for the Yankees. I think he's a guy that, you know, we need to talk more about. You know, just a first baseman who can hit the ball a long way. So, it's been really good. And, um, yeah, so, I think we're, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, good show today um i'm looking forward to you know more nba playoff basketball i'm looking forward to the nba nba looking forward to the mlb playoffs coming up thursday night football we got my my dolphins are on tv so it's going to be another great week of sports thank you guys so much for listening this has been overtime takes